Welcome to this abbreviated worship service provided by St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A in Kankakee. I'm Pastor Carl Copen, and I'll be leading today's service. You will hear some scripture readings, a sermon, and the Lord's Prayer, as well as a benediction, and pray that you're blessed by these words this day. This is the fourth Sunday of Easter, and, and traditionally it's Good Shepherd Sunday, and so a lot of the readings and the message are all centered around that. And if you want to find out more of our services, you can visit our webpage at stpaulslutheran.net and click on the word worship in the menu and you'll find more there. So let us begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah! Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah! Amen. As we think of Good Shepherd Sunday, the, thing, the scripture that pops up first in our minds is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Almighty God, merciful Father, since you have awakened from death the shepherd of your sheep, grant us your Holy Spirit that when we hear the voice of our shepherd, we may know him who calls us each by name and follow where he leads. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Dear friends, our scripture readings today, the first from Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 42, where we get a little glimpse of the early church, the early flock of God, if you will, as they gather together and as they grow. Luke writes, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading from 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, beginning at verse 19, where Peter writes, For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering, because he is conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you received a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. 
This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. As you've seen this sort of theme running through here about shepherd and sheep and good shepherd, where we had Psalm 23, the good shepherd. We saw the early flock of God, if you will, gathering and growing in Acts chapter 2. Peter points us to, as sheep, to the shepherd and overseer of our souls. And then John uh, gives us that the words of Jesus himself, identifying himself as the good shepherd. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, he is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. May God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours this day in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for our message comes from our gospel reading. uh, And so let us pray. O God, you are the good shepherd who cares for a sheep. That's us. Bless us with your presence and peace as we gather around your word and as we gather. May the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our maker and our redeemer. Amen. My dear friends in Christ, this ancient cry of the church continues to unite us as brothers and sisters in Christ. It unites us while we're worshiping apart from one another. The cry of the church that proclaims, Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me ask you, how often are you identified with a number? At the bank, you probably have an account number, a PIN number to access your account, maybe credit card number. The IRS identifies you with a social security number. When you call about your power bill or your phone bill, What's the first thing I ask you? What is your customer number or your account number? When you go to the meat section of the supermarket, you're required to pick up a number, a number where you're going to be served when your number gets called. If you have a business, often you have some kind of business ID number. And when you log into the Internet sites or for your email, you have a username and a password. And if you're pulled over by police for speeding, well, they're interested in a lot of numbers, right? 
your license number, your driver's li license plate number, your driver's license number, your registration number, and the number on the radar gun uh, indicating how fast you are driving. Numbers. Numbers are so impersonal, aren't they? Uh, isn't it nice when someone remembers your name? Or when you're known by name rather than a customer account number? In John's Gospel, we hear Jesus speak words that, that give us that warm feeling when we, that we have when, when someone cares for us, right? When someone is interested in what's happening into our, in our lives and, and when someone empathizes and encourages us. An author by the name of Cheryl Kirking retells a story about a woman by the name of Brendan Nixon. It seems that as a young mother, uh, one Christmas brought Brendan Nixon really to the point of despair. Because in the midst of this season and all of the holiday stress, her husband's job was shaky and the, there was a grim possibility of no uh, income. It brought her to depression and despair. And this is what she wrote. She said, among my numerous responsibilities was teaching my three-year-old Sunday school class at church. When I looked at the teacher's book, I saw that the lesson was on Jesus, the Good Shepherd. My immediately, immediate thought was, what? The Good Shepherd? I complained. Something has got to be wrong here. How's the Good Shepherd relate to the meaning of Christmas? Besides, city kids can't relate to a shepherd. My low spirit was evident as I criticized everything about the lesson. Then the time came for class. We survived that art portion of the lesson, gluing little cotton balls onto sheep pictures. We had our juice and animal crackers. Then it was circle time. I turned to these rosy-cheeked children and began with them, and I asked, what is a good shepherd? Then came my reminder of truth, as one child positively replied, a good shepherd, he's the one who picks up his sheep when they fall down. As I said at the beginning of the service, this fourth Sunday of Easter is traditionally known as Good Shepherd Sunday. We usually have Psalm 23, uh, uh, usually a New Testament connection in John 10, where Jesus refers to himself as the Good Shepherd. In the Gospel reading today, Jesus tells us about a, a very personal, very intimate relationship that he has with us. He says, I am the Good Shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. He's describing his relationship with his children, uh, using that, that, that closeness and intimacy that he and the Father in heaven share. And that closeness is an example of the personal way that he knows us, and the way that he knows what is happening to us. This image between shepherd and sheep is a kind of description that's easy to understand because it's something that comes from everyday, everyday life. I mean, in Jesus' time, everyone knew about shepherds and sheep. Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Now, talking about shepherds who know each sheep individually, maybe even calling them by name, that's not so familiar to us, is it? Even modern-day sheep herders are not all like the shepherds that we read about in the Bible. Uh, the modern-day sheep farmer, he has a large flock of sheep, let's say about a thousand. 
They're in a pen. He goes out to check on them and see if everything's all right. But if he wants to move them from one field to the other, hops on a motorcycle uh, with the help of his dog and he drives them, he pushes them uh, to where he wants them to go. He doesn't call them by name. He might call them some names when they act stupidly and where they go where he doesn't want them to go. But you really wouldn't say that they are affectionate names. But this is nothing like the picture that Jesus gives us. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. A shepherd in ancient times didn't have thousands of sheep to look after. He had a small flock and he knew each sheep individually. One of the most meaningful pictures in Christian art depicts Jesus as a shepherd, right? Now, we don't know if Jesus ever shepherded sheep. He might have done something like this if he had a friend who was a shepherd and when he was a young boy, maybe he spent some time out in the fields with sheep. But whatever Jesus' experience was as a shepherd, he uses that image so that everyone can relate to it. I mean, artists have taken up this theme and and pictured Jesus maybe uh, holding a lamb in his arms or or carrying the lamb across his shoulders or, or standing watch over the sheep. Jesus is the one who cares. He is the one who saves the lost. He is the one who rescues those who are troubled. He is the one who is intimately concerned about each one of his sheep. He provides his sheep with everything that they need. He is the one whose staff and rod defend the sheep from any danger, if any danger should come their way. We might think of that one lost sheep or lost lamb, and even even if that lamb was wild and hard-headed, the good shepherd does not give up. I read a story about a a group of tourists that were from England uh, who were on their way to Palestine, and the the guide was there describing some customs of the East. And and he told them, he said, "Now, now you're accustomed to seeing the shepherd drive his sheep, you know, pushing them from behind on the English lanes. But out in the East, however, things are different. For the shepherd always leads the way, going on in front of the flock, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Well, as the story goes, they reached Palestine, and to the amusement of the tourists, almost the very first thing they saw was a flock of sheep being driven along from behind by a man. The guide was just astonished and immediately made it his business to go and approach the shepherd, and he asked them, why are you driving these sheep? I've always been told that the eastern shepherd leads his sheep. And the man replied, you're quite right. The shepherd does lead his sheep, but I'm not the shepherd, he said. I'm the butcher. Sheep are truly dependent on the shepherd. They gladly follow him because they know that he can be trusted. He can be trusted because he lived among the sheep. He he slept among them. He walked with them. He fed them. He guided them, defended them, and protected them. He knew each sheep by name. And with us being connected to sheep, this, this builds up a, a mental image of someone with just an intense love for our total well-being at every turn of life. This is a description of how Jesus feels about you and me. Big business might think of us merely as a number, but Jesus knows us by name. 
Using this shepherd image, Jesus is connecting himself all the way back to the Old Testament image we read of in, in Psalm 23. The writer refers to the Lord as my shepherd, right? Uh, there is nothing else I need. I shall not want. I do not need to be afraid because you are close beside me. I mean, it's obvious the writer is expressing this personal relationship that God has with him. This real presence of God in his life is not something that's uh, a theoretical or, or even wishful. It's real. And especially in this Easter season, we're reminded that we have a living and powerful Savior who is walking beside us every day. Every day through our trials, every day through our troubles and our questions, even when we feel alone in our homes. There's no doubt that there are times when it seems that Jesus might be a million miles away. Maybe it's when we have prayed for help in times of sickness and, and that pain just is as intense as ever. Or, or, or when we've asked him to guide us through some difficult decisions and, and we blunder making one mistake after another. Or when we've wanted him to watch over our loved ones and they've still been caught up in trouble or accidents. Or maybe like now where we are lifting up family and friends in prayer because they're in the hospital or the nursing home and we're kept from being at their sides. When we feel like we're losing our faith in Jesus, we, we, we stop coming to worship. We, we lose touch with people at church. Yeah, Jesus may seem to be a million miles away. But the fact is, Jesus has not gone anywhere. He is right here with you and me. He knows what is happening in your life. He knows what is, is going through your mind. He knows how restless and anxious you are. He knows your fears right now in this crisis. He knows your frustrations right now in this crisis. And he will use his power to help support you and me in the midst of this. Jesus' promise is good even when we are doubting or when we are in despair. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. Even though we're down and almost out, we are assured that we are in that arm, in the arms of our everlasting shepherd, the one who lovingly supports us, the one who strengthens us in our weakest and most painful moments. And, and like that image, that lamb in Jesus' arms, we too can be at peace. We can feel safe in the arms of our loving shepherd. It reminds me of the passage from the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament where the people are troubled and they ask, has God forgotten us? Listen to God's answer. Never. Can a mother forget her nursing child? Can she feel no love for the child that she has born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you. See, I have written your name in my hands. My friends, those words apply to you and me today just as they did 3,000 years ago. God feels the same way about us as he did back then. He gave his life for his sheep. The image of the good shepherd is one of love and care, uh, protection and intimacy and closeness. And, and, and the text about the good shepherd has implications for us as followers of Jesus. 
Because in these moments right now in our nation, uh, caring is more than just saying, well, Jesus is the good shepherd that's there for you, and, and that's it. Well, I, mean, I mean, that's certainly true. But as his followers, we share, or we should share, the same concerns he has. And we show our love in very practical ways, as just, just as Jesus did. And what I'm saying is that when we become then shepherds to one another, we are shepherds to one another as members of this congregation, as brothers and sisters in Christ. We're family, aren't we? We are to be shepherds for one another in our families, to one another at work, uh, among our friends. I mean, just as Jesus guided and protected and protects his sheep, mothers and fathers, you too, guide and protect the lambs that he has given you in your families. Just as Jesus has shepherded us with peace and patience and love, we shepherd those lives whom God has entrusted to us. Just as Jesus comforts us and helps us, husbands and wives comfort and help one another. Just as Jesus cares for his sheep, our faculty and staff have been reaching out to our school children and their families with the instruction, but also with the love and compassion of the Good Shepherd. Just as Jesus is searching for that lost lamb, we too have been reaching out. We've been reaching out to our members, trying to see how they're doing in this crisis, and to see if there are any needs. Our, our Board of Lay Ministry and, and our Gabriel's Callers are doing just a great job at reaching out to the members of St. Paul's. Just as Jesus is attentive to his flock, you, you have an opportunity to reach out to someone from church. Perhaps it's someone who, who, who sat here uh, in your row at church or, or out at the school site or sat around you. Or maybe it's you got an opportunity to reach out to family or friends or neighbors and you can share this worship information with them that they too might hear the good news of Jesus. As we share the joy of Jesus, we become a place of hope. Hope. Hope in the craziness that surrounds our nation, our state, and our community. We do not need to live in fear. You know, I like the uh, closing worship prayer uh, this weekend. We, we've had it for, I think it's three weeks in a row now. I, I, I've, I've shared this prayer with so many people in the midst of so many different situations. It seems to... to be appropriate for almost any circumstance, and it captures the essence of our life in Christ. Listen to that prayer again. Lord God, you have called your servants to ventures of which we cannot see the ending, by paths as yet untrodden, through perils unknown. Give us faith to go out with good courage, not knowing where we go, but only that your hand is leading us and that your love supporting us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. While we don't know what tomorrow will bring, we do know we have a loving shepherd. A loving shepherd who walks with us through good and bad. And one day we must walk through the valley of darkness and death ourselves. And his promise is that he will walk with us and lead us to the glorious new life beyond the grave. Because we have a loving, good shepherd. Goodness, mercy, and love 
that will follow us all our lives and we will live in the house of the Lord forever. The good shepherd knows his sheep. The good shepherd knows you. And because of that truth, we can joyously proclaim. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, you are the good shepherd. And we are thankful for your blessings of, of guidance and love in our lives. We are thankful for your presence. And we are thankful that you know us each by name. We pray that you would bless our time and, and, and continue to bless our lives, that we may know you for all eternity. O oh Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Go with God's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you peace. Amen. Thank you again for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. During this time of sheltering in place, you can continue to hear us here on WKAN Radio, but you can also hear our online worship services on our website. Just go to stpaulslutheran.net, click Worship on the menu. May God bless you this day and always. In our risen Savior Jesus. Amen.